Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome aboard. Big Sills here on the National Football Show. I would like to start the show out by giving homage to a better green earth. And what I would really like to do is all the flower child and all the flower children like Nick Sirianni, I would just like for all of you to know that when you put manure in the ground and you seed it, it grows and it grows a little bit. Then it grows a little more. Then it becomes the flower. Then it becomes the eagles. Oh, my God almighty, man. You talk about being a flower child in Philadelphia as the head football coach. Hey, man, of the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm a flower. That's a new T-shirt for Nick Sirianni. I'm a flower. (laughs) The Eagles are like planting a flower. You know, you plant it, you put manure down, and good grief almighty. You got Flower Sirianni, and you got Hollywood Howie. (laughs) I mean, this is right up the owner's rear end, isn't it, man? Okay, you got a freak show that you're airing right now in front of the entire nation, in front of the entire city of Philadelphia. It's You know what the name of the movie is? It's called Imploded. It's called Imploded. Flower Sirianni and Hollywood Howie. Holy cow. This can't get any better, man. This cannot get any better. This guy stands in front of, okay, I gave the Kobayashi, um, you know, pep talk videos. I gave that kind of a pass. But the planting of the flower seeds is another new one here. I've never heard an NFL head coach. Can you imagine Belichick getting in front of a microphone and going, yeah, man. You know, like growing the um, Patriots is like planting pumpkin seeds. (laughs) And, you know, you put manure. Can you imagine any great coach doing that? Man, this thing, you know, seriously, it's embarrassing now. This thing's embarrassing. You fired Doug Peterson for flower Sirianni. Well, you plant seeds and, oh, my God almighty. Oh, my God, man. I cannot believe what I see at the podium when it comes to Eagle coaches. You got Eagle coaches saying that the players on our team right now can't. They can't execute the playbook, both D.C. and the head coach. And now you're talking analogies of planting seeds and crap. Dude, I I mean it. Let me just throw this out at you here, and let me just start with this. Folks, the April 2022 NFL draft, Howie Roseman, the general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles, should not in any way 
be near the draft when it comes to selecting players. This is going to be one of the absolute most important drafts in team history. You've got three top 10 picks in the first round, of the National Football League draft next April. You can't go wrong here. You can't be picking, oh, and I've got the list here, and I wrote it down. Marcus Smith, Watkins, Derek Bennett, Andre Dillard, Jalen Rieger. You can't be making picks like this. Listen, I get it. You get credit for 17. No question about it. And the fact that you weren't really the general manager of the team in 2015. I get that. I, I, I understand the whole history. But you've been the general manager of that football team and in Jeffrey Lurie's ear since 2010. Okay? You get credit for the Super Bowl. No question about it. You get credit for the Super Bowl. But that doesn't give you hall passes to fail. You think if Apple has one good year that that CEO keeps his job in the process if he has five bad years after that? He doesn't get a chance to keep his job. You cannot in any way whatsoever allow a man who has made these premium picks to pick your drafts next year. He is not capable of doing it. Do you know the last time that the Eagles drafted a non-first-round defensive player? It was 16 years ago, Trent Cole. That organization is awful at draft. It's awful. It's awful. Fletcher Cox on defense Wentz are the only players that that guy has drafted that were pro bowlers. Guys, you cannot let Howie Roseman in any way be near that draft board next year. Can't happen. Because if it happens, the same result will happen. You cannot do this. By the way, want to thank everybody for coming aboard. As you know, Big Sills brings all the content, but so do you guys, okay? Starter, Minshew, Smile, Carlos, we thank you guys for coming aboard. Anytime you guys want to add, we'll slip it in there, and we'll go back and forth and have our debate here, but I don't see how anybody in their right mind would think that Howie Roseman should be making selections. How does the owner – now, you remember something here, owner of the football team, too. You owner of the football team is going to go down this way and go, well, he's not going to tell you this and he's not going to make this public. He watches his money. He watches his money. Okay? That's what Howie Roseman does. But dude, look at, look at these selections. Marcus Smith. Danny Watkins. Derek Bennett. Uh, Andre Dillard, Jalen Rieger. Look at these guys. This makes no sense, man. Derek Barnett, excuse me. Derek Barnett, you cannot make these. You cannot have. Watch this. Derek Bennett, Derek Barnett, does it matter? The guy sucked. 
Does it, does it matter? It could be Johnny Nobody. Dude, this is terrible. It's terrible. Barnett Bennett, Rieger Riger, Watkins, Wilkins. It doesn't matter. They all stunk. Jesus criminy, man. You talk about just a disaster at evaluating. Hey, and get this. So he evaluated Doug Peterson to be fired? How's that looking? He evaluated Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz is playing pro football, all pro football right now. Justin, thank you for coming aboard. Romy, Lewis Riddick. You want to go down the Mike Mayock route? Take a guy off TV? I don't know. Do you want to take that gamble? Or do you want to put a guy in the front office that knows talent and understands talent? Like a John Dorsey, someone like that. An Alonzo Highsmith. Somebody like that that goes out and actually sits across from the kid and talks to the kid. Not a guy who sits in an ESPN studio. I don't know. Hey, and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not ripping you. I'm just saying I don't know if I want to go down that route. Justin says they should choose the best defensive player available. How about this, Justin? That kid, what's his name? Tubido, that kid up in Oregon, he is the real deal. He is the real deal. The red. Reading the Eagles draft history is depressing. It is. Yeah, Whiteside. Holy shit. I, you know what? You want to hear something? Is that the kid from Stanford? Is that the wide receiver kid from Stanford? I met him at the Pac-12 um, press conference, and someone introduced me to him. I went, man, this guy, I don't know. I don't know. Sidney Jones. Oregon kid is a beast. Smile. Alonzo Highsmith, he's worked in the front office of the Packers for 13 years, and he was in the Browns' front office working with John Dorsey for two years also. Now he's with the Seahawks. Alonzo Highsmith has been involved in personnel uh, with the National Football League pretty much the last 20 years. Trev, what's up? Dude, man. Doug Peterson's not the issue, my friends. Your general manager... Can't go anywhere near that football team. Okay? Can't go anywhere near that football team on draft day. Okay? Trevor says, Nick Sirianni's 100% giving me Mark Tressman vibes. Okay? How about this, man? That flower comment today was weird. He's just weird, dude. You know, I'm, I'm going to call him flower now. Flower Sirianni, man, you, <laughs> hey, man, I, I don't even know where to go with that thing. Holy cow. Unbelievable. Howie Roseman, how does he have this job? How are you not ripping this guy a new one like you did Elton Brand? How, 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 how is this guy in the building? His job, see, I'm going to, you know what, dude? I'm going to tell you how his Job has been safe in the building. I think I just figured it out. Howie Roseman. 
because Howie has multiple jobs, and that's the key to this thing. If you had to evaluate Howie Roseman just on draft, he'd be fired two years ago. Am I right? All right? Right? He'd be fired two years ago. But where he saves his job is this. He balances the money, and he makes sure he handles the roster and the hirings because they don't get too fine. You know what? The owner of the Eagles wants to be Jerry Jones without spending the money. And he regrets giving Carson Wentz that deal. Do you understand that if this were the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm going to say something to you guys that's probably going to piss you guys off more than anybody has ever said anything to you before in Philadelphia. Are you ready? It's a damn shame you're not the Steelers. Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson would still be the coach. Steelers don't do that. The Eagles do. You know why? Because they overspend for money. Can you name me a guy that the Steelers have overpaid? Name me one guy. In the last 60 years, name me one guy that Pittsburgh regretted giving a contract to. Can you? I'll wait. No, I can't wait because you'll be here forever. They don't do that. They develop from within. Coaches, where do you think Mike Tomlin came from? Where do you think Bill Cowher came from? They develop coaches and players in Pittsburgh. Philadelphia, panics. Wow. You get an organization that panics. Players not playing well. He makes a lot of money. They jettison him. It's not a way to handle a team. You've got to have poise and patience. John, appreciate you coming aboard. Thank you, my friend. Poise and patience. The Eagles have none of that. They looked at Wentz, and before you knew it, by the end of the year, they had blamed every single ill of the Eagles on Doug Peterson and on Carson Wentz. And now that it's still the same picture that the owner of the Eagles is putting out for Eagle fans to see, people are now understanding and under the realization, well, I guess what? It wasn't those two dudes. It's the owner buying into the BS of the GM. Guys, there's, there, there's no way, and you're not going to get this in Philadelphia with the newspapers, with the radio stations, because they all want accessibility, and it's all about what? It, it, it's all about making sure you don't piss teams off nowadays. Personally, in my opinion, radio stations are megaphones and they're cheerleaders because they need accessibility so that they can sell in their respective cities. That's why you're never going to get the truth. You're never going to hear the reality. By the way, this is not personal on Howie Roseman. I don't know the guy from a can of paint. I don't know the guy from a can of paint. But he is an awful, awful evaluator of talent. Look at these names. Yeah, and you haven't drafted a defensive football player that made the Pro Bowl outside of the first round in 16 years? Jesus criminy, man. You talk about horrible drafting. You keep telling me about, yeah, you find guys like Jordan Mulata. Get this, he fell in to Howie Roseman's lap. Carl says gold standard, baby. That's right. The Steelers are the gold standard. Wentz would still be your starting quarterback if the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Rooney family owned the Eagles. 
okay? They, they would be. They don't surrender on people they draft, and they surely don't surrender on their coaches. You, hey, Pittsburgh right now is not really playing the best football, right? You don't hear the Rooney's going like this. Well, it's time to win. By the way, if you looked at Mike Tomlin's postseason record over the last eight years, it's not the most impressive. It's not the most impressive. But you don't hear the Steelers and the Rooney's going, well, coach needs to change his thing up here. You never hear any, Have you ever heard the Rooney's talking about their coach? Never. Last three years, all I hear is crap about the coach, either from the front office, the general manager, or the players. You never hear that in winning places. Do you ever hear anybody barking at Belichick? Do you ever hear anybody barking at Pete Carroll? Pete Carroll's got a crappy year going on. The only people barking at Pete Carroll are stupid media people that don't get it. When you pay a quarterback big money, you have to cut in other places. Hello? That's why there's a salary cap. That's why the league loves the way the league is set up this way. That's why you see new teams every year. Why do you think the NFL lessens the schedule of loser teams? They lessen it so that you have an opportunity of turning your season around in one year. It's fool's gold sometimes in many ways. BC says commentators defending Hurts with Burrow making the Bengals competitive. BC, you're damn right. How can you defend Jalen Hurts? Well, how many more starts do you need? I only needed seven with Burrow in Cincinnati. In Cincinnati. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me get this right. Places that are known for losing, the Chargers, Cincinnati. Well, those quarterbacks are turning the fortunes around of those teams. I mean, big time. Oh, by the way, Arizona too? What's Kyler Murray doing? How many starts do you think you needed to see if Kyler Murray's a good player? 50? I love what they're doing in Cleveland. Look at what the media is doing for Baker Mayfield. This guy's had 50-plus starts. You want to hear something even more obnoxious out of that asshole in Cleveland? Oh, maybe I can play this weekend. Guy, what are you saying, man? Leaders just don't go out there and say, maybe I'm going to play this weekend. My shoulder's feeling, you know, maybe I'm going to play, you know. Dude, go play. Your team's counting on you. If you can make a comment like that, go play. There's a way to conduct yourself and a way to carry yourself. By the way, I think Jalen does all of that exceptionally. Exceptionally well. Exceptionally well. <laughs> right. The Red says, look at the Bills. Bills, how many years did they have seasons where they didn't make the postseason? They draft Josh Allen. Good night. AFC East is to rest. That division, next 10 years, is owned by the Bills. Bills. Was it over a decade? They, like, didn't have a winning record? I mean, come on, man. Got to get to a point now where we look at one thing here. You see, what's happened here is the owner needs to take some of the, some of the power strings away from Howie Roseman. But he can't now. You know why? Because he's got a training wheels head coach. The owner is afraid to hire people with big personalities now. That's the new trend. You know why? If you don't have these coaches, you ever notice? 
we're the coaches with the big personalities now and the big power in the room. Can you name me any? Name me a coach that's got gigantic power. Let's see. Mike Tomlin, okay, he's old school. Belichick, okay, he's old school. Seattle, okay, he's old school. Name me one new guy. People are now trying to figure or starting to figure it out about Kyle Shanahan, too. Kyle Shanahan has another losing season. Okay, Kyle Shanahan has another losing season. That'll be four and five years. By the way, monkey mind bananas. Let me throw you this one here. He says, Andy, he's talking to Andy Reid in Kansas City. You know what's funny about Andy? Anytime Andy Reid gets control of the personnel, wherever he's been, Philadelphia or in Kansas City, don't those teams start to disintegrate in front of your eyes? Look at Kansas City. That team was not built by Andy Reid. That team was built by John Dorsey. It wasn't built by Andy. John Dorsey was there. And Andy didn't like the way that John Dorsey had control of the personnel. And so Andy Reid went to Clark Hunt, the owner of the team, and said it'd be best if they parted ways. Yeah, that's right. And now look now. They're, they're under, they're, what are they, under 500, three and four? You know, it's one thing to get Patrick Mahomes. But by the way, who was the guy that evaluated him and told Andy, this guy from Texas Tech is an unbelievable player. You think Andy Reid watches Texas Tech football? And who would have thought Texas Tech would have produced maybe one of the generational talents when they didn't have a winning record when Cliff Kingsbury was there as head coach? Think about that for a minute. It wasn't Andy Reid sitting around watching uh, Red Raider football. It was John Dorsey and his folks. The Red says Andy won the Super Bowl because that KC team was established. That's right. It was established by John Dorsey, man. John making moves. Cleveland right now is benefiting from that also. And by the way, somebody told me that John Dorsey was a consultant to the Eagles. I guarantee told them, hey, here's the guys you should look at. And they went in a different direction. John Dorsey doesn't have failures in his drafts. Look, everybody has failures, so that's kind of a broad stroke comment that I just made, but you know where I'm going. Overall, you're going to build your roster into a championship roster with him as your GM versus Howie Roseman. But see how he can lean on 17. He can always lean back and go like this. Hey, man. And look at the GMs, quite frankly, that the owner of the Eagles has had. His buddy, Joe Banner, and now this thing. Robert says, Eagle practices. Report Nick Sirianni hopes early season. <laughs> Dude, that's stupid comment, man. Daffodils Sirianni. He likes daffodils or like, uh, I don't know. What else would he think he likes? Tulips? <laughs> if you plant these tulips, it'll grow into being, well, the Eagles. It's kind of my coaching career, you know. It's like a tulip. Hey, big sills and tulips. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, man. It sounds weird, too, anyway. Right? I mean, this guy's like saying that if he plants tulips, you know, it's like his coaching career. I'm like, holy cow, man. If you plant these sunflower seeds over here, you know, it's kind of like my coaching career. Are you, are you saying in front of everybody that you're learning on the job and you're 
growing into the job. Is that what you're trying to do? Why don't you just say it? Say it with like, you know, like you're holding your cannolis or something here, man. Hey, I'm growing into the thing. Why can't you just be like that instead of doing this whole thing like you belong in Haight-Ashbury up in San Francisco? Yeah, man, you know, I was um, planting these tulips, and I realized that that's my coaching career. Tulips in Philly. Yeah, that sounds like it works. <laughs> yeah, it started more like mushrooms. Sounds like maybe he has them before he gets in front of the microphones. Yeah, I mean, I mean watch this. Oh, here, here is Nick Sirianni at today's press conference. Hold on, do I have my – oh, I do. I have my shades. Hang on. Here's Nick. Yeah, man, you know, I got to tell you. <coughs> I got to tell you. Man, I know you guys are questioning. Hold on. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Hold, hold, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah. The, the growth. Oh, yeah. That's right. Tulips. Hold on. Yeah, man. You know, I, I, I was sitting around, you know, with my legs crossed and. I was praying to Zen and, 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 and then I realized, you know, me being an NFL coach, yeah, <laughs> I, what was I talking about? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hang on. Why do I sound like Beavis and Budhead? Hold on for a minute. Right. Why do I sound like Beavis and Budhead? All right. <laughs> Why do I sound like Beavis and Butthead? Holy cow, man. Dude, really? All right. We're going to hit on this one. How and when does the owner of the Eagles come to the realization, okay, that the general manager has to go? We'll do that next. <laughs> At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. John Doherty, business manager of Local 98, says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back, National Football Show. Your boy Dan Chilio. By the way, Lomas Brown, 20-year NFL veteran, part of the broadcast team for the Detroit Lions, will jump aboard with us. We'll talk to my former teammate, and I played against Lomas back in the day when he was at the University of Florida. One of the legendary players in Lions history, really. Anytime you play 20 years in the NFL, that says a lot. And Lomas, one of the absolutely good guys in the history of the league as well. So. We'll talk to him a little more about the growth of what we're seeing. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what you know how how Sirianni. <laughs> this is probably like right, right. This is like before the press conference today, when Bob Marley joints. <laughs> you know, I'm a flower. Jesus Christ, man! <laughs> I don't even know. Hey, really, I'm afraid to go anywhere with it. I might insult somebody, mainly the city of Philly. you got a head coach standing in front of the microphone telling him that your head coach is a flower. <laughs> and, and, and your team sucks. Okay? Monkey Mind says this. We lost last week after a good first drive when Syrian accepted the penalty and kept our defense on the field. Demoralized everyone on the defensive side of the football. Amen, dude. Amen. Smile. 95 NFC wildcard game. Lomas Brown guaranteed victory. Ray Rhodes steamrolled and Lomas mistake. <laughs> touched the Lions offense. Yes, sir, man. Yes, sir. Hey, one of the really great guys, though. You're really going to enjoy Lomas Brown. I really love Lomas. One of the good people, man. So do you think the owner ever comes to his senses that this guy's not the guy? You know, he had to fire his boy, Joe Banner, at one time. You got to think, at the end of this year, the owner has to be, does he have anybody that he confides in except for Howie? He's got to have people in his realm and in his arena that say this to him. Dude, you need somebody else making these selections. If they make the wrong picks next April, 
I think the draft is either April 28th or 29th. If they make the wrong picks, they'll set this franchise back 10 years. And get this, if Carson Wentz goes on to the Pro Bowl this year, you would have set this franchise back 15 years. You had the guy and you let him go. God forbid he he turned, and you're right about one thing. They are three and four, but he is coming off an injury. I'll tell you this. I text Frank. You know what Frank told me today? And I tweeted it. Frank said he is completely a different guy than he was a year ago. He enjoys showing up to work. He enjoys the fact that people are working with him. He loves his teammates. Nobody's giving him any kind of grief. And get this. He enjoys what he's doing right now. And Frank said this. He's getting better and better, man. He looks better than he did when he was in Philadelphia, when Frank was the OC. And they went through that Super Bowl run. That's a scary thing. If you're the owner and GM of the Eagles, you you knew Wentz could potentially do this in the back of your mind, didn't you? Didn't you know? Didn't you know that this could be a possibility? Here's the worst nightmare. What if, what if you see the guy in New York get fired, Joe Judge, and the people in New York, the Myers and the Tishes all do this. Well, it couldn't have been a healthy environment in Philadelphia because, look, I mean, look at Wentz. Wentz a pro bowler. Why don't we offer the job to Doug Peterson? What would Doug Peterson do in New York? Okay? And then he, get this, then he, he convinces Aaron Rodgers to go play in New York with Saquon Barkley. The Giants, when you have Aaron Rodgers, or how about this one? How about if Russell Wilson wants to go to New York? You know, his wife is Sierra. Doug Peterson is going to attract a big-name quarterback wherever he lands. San Francisco, any Chicago, anywhere he goes, he's going to look at the room. I need a big-time guy in here. People are saying Aaron Rodgers will probably go to Pittsburgh. Really? I don't know. Aaron Rodgers likes the Hollywood thing. He may go to New York. And don't you think, just like the Red said, don't you think Doug Peterson would love to kick the living shit out of the Eagles twice a year? As you sit around tripping over yourself over draft choices of failure, you don't think Doug, Doug's going to come for you, man. You don't think he wants a job in the NFC East? I would. I would. Doug was probably telling ownership, you're wrong on Wentz. You're wrong on Wentz. Remember when he kept defending him the whole time? You're wrong on Wentz. You're wrong on Wentz. Nope. Because the owner was paying him so much money, the owner didn't have the patience to let the kid go through his ups and downs. Troy Aikman went through ups and downs. All these great quarterbacks have gone through ups and downs, and he can't use Brady because he's an outlier. Everybody of any kind of context has had some type of issue where they've had lulls in their careers. But yet, the Eagles, because they didn't want to keep spending the money. You know, I give this to Jerry. The difference between Jerry and the owner of the Eagles, Jerry will overpay for his guys. Okay, he'll overpay. And he'll overpay and gladly overpay. He'll overvalue, but at least he pays his guys. And he has patience with his guys. Look at how many guys are on that team still that don't need to be. Zeke Elliott makes $17 million a year. 
way overpaid. But Jerry still pays him because he's been loyal to him and the player's been loyal to the owner. But in, 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 in Philadelphia, they don't have the patience. That's the problem that you have here. So when does he have that come to Jesus conversation? I'm not sure he will. If Howie Roseman makes those picks in 2022, I have no faith that that guy will turn this thing around. I have zero faith. Zero. You know what's funny? I'll tell you guys a story real quick here. I used to be on the flagship station of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back in my days in Tampa. I was there 15 years. I know. Some would think, so Leo, was there 15? Yeah, I was there 15 years. Number one rated show in the mornings in Tampa. And it was the flagship. And I kept telling people after, you know, I had Mark Dominic as their GM. This is not going anywhere. They refused to start putting uh, Buccaneer guys on my radio show. They stopped putting them on. And I didn't need them because I would tell the truth and all the fans came here because I was telling them the truth. And I, I'm a former Buccaneer. So this didn't come from a place of malice. I wasn't trying to sh- get up every morning and go, hey, let's see if I could piss this guy off or let's see if I could piss that guy off. That's not what I was trying to do, okay? I was trying to make sure that everybody understood the direction of the football team. They were missing on draft choices under Mark Dominic. Take a look at all of his draft choices. When you don't have anybody on the football team from a couple years ago on a three-year draft years back, and you don't you have but one guy on your team, that's a missed draft. And when you haven't drafted really anybody in the last five years of any kind of substance, there's a problem with the guy selecting. Okay? There's a problem here, and there's no doubt. By the way, do I think it gets fixed? It's 50-50 here. You know, this stuff with Jalen Hurts, man, people keep saying, Seals, why are you down on him? Uh, Down on him? I'm down on the coach. Here, know this. I'm down on the coach, and I'm down on the GM. I'm really not down on – Jalen's the third guy in my room. If I had to put blame. On somebody who I'm more dis what's this? Somebody that I'm more disappointed with for the Philadelphia Eagles season of 2021, it's Howie Roseman. And second, it's Nick Sirianni. Third, it's Jalen. Fourth, it's Jonathan Gannon. Those would be my four disappointments so far as we enter the halfway mark of the season. Hey, take a look at it. There's your halfway grade. Your halfway grade of the Philadelphia Eagles is a D at best. Now, wait a minute. No way. It's an F. It's an F. You're two and five. Let's be, let's be real here. You're two and five. Your grade is F. Half, halfway through the season. How many years have you said this? Halfway through the season? The 2021 year is over. Hell, it was over a week ago. Man, these names. And that, that, now, now you get this. Now you get Fletcher Cox barking at the defensive coaches. 
right? Now you get coaches barking back at the players. Where's this going? Where in the world is this going? So, I mean, look, and, hey, through all the chaos, here, here's something to think about with other organizations are going through. Look at the chaos in Las Vegas right now with the Raiders. They're winning. Look at the chaos in Miami. i got to tell you this about Tua. Tua's playing pretty good through all the chaos. You know what? I'm one of those guys that always does this. Look, do I think Tua Tagovailoa is a quarterback that I would want to hitch my ride to and say he's my franchise quarterback? No, he wouldn't be. Okay? But I'd say this to you. You've got to be fair here in the evaluation of what you're watching. You know how some of the old fart radio guys and TV guys, what they'll do is they'll try to make sure they slam their narrative through? Tua's playing better, man. And I would say over the last three weeks, Tua's probably played his three best football games as a professional. Eric, thanks for coming aboard. Joe, who wanted Jalen in the second round? I, I, I couldn't believe they traded up to get him, too. Hey, hey, Joe, can you give me a little bit of history of Tom Donahue's um, influence? Tom Donahue, you talking the former um, Pittsburgh Steelers general manager? Who was the guy before Kevin Colbert? Are you talking that Tom Donahue? Was he in the room there with that, too? Dion says front office failed Wentz and inspired fans to go after him. They did. Because you know why? Howie's not taking the blame. You think Howie's going to take the blame? That's why they fired the coach. They threw Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz under the bus for their own. For their, how about this? To try to protect their own mortality and their own resume. That's why they threw those guys under the bus. Their legacy, okay? Their legacy's tied to them firing and trading Wentz. See, it was us, not them. That's what they did here. Joe, thanks. So he's a pretty good talent evaluator. But again, I think it just comes down to Howie not leaning on those guys that he brings in. Because um, he, he he was part of that whole Steeler stuff under Cower and also a little bit with Chuck Noll. So he he can evaluate. But again, I, I just don't believe that Howie – I think Howie takes it in. But I think Howie also – because when you put these names on the board, I'm, I, I don't ever remember the Steelers ever failing in a draft with Neil Donahue was in there. I mean, I don't ever remember John Dorsey failing when John Dorsey was building a football team with names like this. I mean, these names are, are awful, man. These names are awful. So where are you going here with this stuff? It's remarkable. You could thank Chip for all this chaos. How he hasn't forgotten. Yeah, 2015 is the only time that Howie was not the general manager of the team. So Howie's going to lean on the fact he wasn't the general manager in 15. He was in 17. So he gets credit for the Super Bowl so he can absolutely fuck it up the next couple of years. These picks stink, dude. Man. You, you, Fortune 500 companies don't keep this kind of resume around. 
All right. We're still efforting our friend, Lomas Brown. We're going to try to get a hold of our friend here, part of the broadcast team for the Detroit Lions. We come back out of the tie out. I got to tell you this, man. There's no question. Some really significant games. I think Jim Harbaugh has a big game this weekend as well. I want to talk Michigan, Michigan State as well. A little more on Mike Tomlin. Would Mike Tomlin ever leave Pittsburgh to go somewhere else in the NFL? Not college, but somewhere else in the NFL. And what's next for the Eagles? Eagles-Lions will hit on that as well. You keep it here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. John Doherty, business manager of Local 98, says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. National Football Show, Dan Cilio. Thanks for coming aboard with us. We're efforting our friend, part of the broadcast team for the Lions, Lomas Brown, 20-year NFL veteran. Hopefully we can catch up with him. He's doing a lot of work now with the Lions. 
So we hope to run him down, get us his perspective on what he's seeing with this Dan Campbell Lions team that are playing really hard. By the way, can you imagine if the Eagles lose to the Lions? Holy cow. Holy cow. By the way, Joe and others that have come aboard, thank you today. Hey, hit the like button for me, guys, please. Over here, you guys have been spectacular doing that over the last couple weeks here, and we so thank you. If you want to watch it a little bit later on, Joe makes a comment over here. Donahue was in the draft room and not happy when they took Williams. Dude, he's a really good evaluator of talent. And if he's looking at a guy, he goes into the intangibles of a dude and kind of like interviews him, talks to him, has great conversation with him, gets to know the player a little bit more. Donahue, one of the most important things is the interview at the Combines. Polly says, Lions, mortal lock. Yeah, okay. I don't believe it. D. Lizzle, I just hit the like button. Dude, thank you so much, man. God bless you, man. You guys are awesome to me. You guys are awesome. I'll say it one more time to you. Howie Roseman cannot be the guy making your picks on draft day. He can't. There's got to be a petition or something we can do. He can't make the picks. He can't. There's, there's no trust. There's no – he'll set that franchise back 10 years if he's the one making the picks. Thank you, Easterside Monster. Very cool of you. Look, guys, I hope that I'm not coming off like an a-hole here to you guys. I just want what's best for you, man. I just want what's best. That's all I'm saying to you, okay? Just want what's best for you. Here's what would be what's best. You know all these guys that come on the air, they just bitch and cry and moan, whine. You know, we all hate the whiner guy, right? I do. I hate the whiner guy. And the guy who pontificates, that Nick Sirianni pontificating at the microphone today was a joke show. I'm a flower. Dude, shut up. Don't do that, man. You're not winning and you look dumb. Here, right? Let's just say what it is. You're losing and it looks dumb. The T-shirts now, like Gary Cobb said, you had the T-shirts into it, this comment, the Kobayashi videos, saying that the quarterback can't comprehend the play. But, I mean, you look dumb. It just looks unprofessional. This doesn't even look like a college, like college coaches don't go up in front of the microphone unless they're Mike Leach, but Mike Leach wins. You know, Mike, Mike Leach might tell you what kind of cheese and wine he likes after a game he just beat Florida or somebody. But Mike knows when to pick his time. If he's losing, he ain't happy. Okay. Frankie says, Wentz and Doug being gone had made this team almost unbelievably bad. Giving away a good coach and a great quarterback is what bad teams do. You're damn right. Frankie Fisher, you are damn right. Hey, right there. Right there. That guy, Frankie Fisher. There you go, man. Isn't it true to anything, though, Frankie? Shitty organizations, shitty companies, businesses, people. 
bad decision makers are never good. East Candom, thanks for coming aboard, man. Eastside Monster says, I hate to say it, you're imploding. Dude, you, it's imploding now the way it seems, and it seems like it's a sinkhole now. Why does it look like a sinkhole? Because there's no one else to blame. There's no one else to blame. I'm going to tell you guys a story. By the way, Krause Jr., give me an emoji thumbs up here if you remember this. We had Tom Telesco, the general manager of the Los Angeles Chargers on this program. Krause Jr., just give me an emoji thumbs up if you remember that. Because I asked Tom a question. Because I wanted to, I wanted to make sure that this was correct. You want to hear what the head football coach of the Los Angeles Chargers told me this morning, along with the GM, Tom Telesco, Brandon Staley. He he canceled two interviews with the Eagles to become your head coach. He canceled them. You know why? Because he wasn't really sure what kind of autonomy he would have in the room when it came to hiring assistant coaches and being involved in personnel and his complete control of the game plan. Howie Roseman. He canceled two. The Eagles tried to schedule two interviews with him. He rejected them. Boom. He rejected him. Rejected him. You know why? Easy. The Spanos just gave him control of who he wanted on his staff. The Spanos just told him, this is your baby. The Spanos has told him, we got Justin Herbert, and he said, I'm in. He didn't need another job interview to try to coach Jalen Hurts on RPOs and listen to how he's shit. Man. And by the way, I didn't know who Brandon Staley was from a stick of butter. Had no idea who he was. I kind of knew who Nick was because Nick worked with Frank. But I had no idea who Brandon Staley was. Hell, I barely know this guy, Zach Taylor, who's the head coach of the Bengals now. Look what he's doing there. He gets a quarterback. They go after Joe Burrow. Boom. Instead of being patient with Wentz, they fired them both. Why both? Why would you get rid of the coach and the quarterback? Can you name me a place? They got rid of a Super Bowl coach and a 25-year-old quarterback that you drafted in the top five picks. Can you name me anywhere on the planet in the history of our league? Can you? Yeah, Eastside Monster. Brandon Staley turned down two interviews with the Eagles because of Howie. That's a fact. Dude, man, <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. 
Isn't that all you kind of need to know? A little bit about where you're going here? Dion says, Wentz had one bad year and you give up on him. I would say a year and a half. But they were going through transition because of the lack of talent. And by the way, look at the offensive talent that you – hey, you want me to tell you guys something here? How would Carson Wentz do with the talent that he has on this football team this year? Last year, Alshon Jeffries and uh, Deshaun Jackson didn't want to play. I think Jackson's hurt again. Um, look at the offensive power that you have this year. Tight end's pretty good. Devontae, it's a first-round pick. He should be good. Miles Sanders is in the room. I don't know. Your offensive line's a little banged up, but going into the season, it could have been something different, right? Especially if you had a drop-back quarterback. There's more weapons this year than there were last year, especially at the end of the year. Carson Wentz was throwing the trash cans last year. Yeah, yeah. Dion says Devontae Smith would love Wentz. Yeah, because he can get him the football. Absolutely. Boy, it must just be a stranglehold. Hey, know this, guys. Know this. People in Philadelphia media are not going to be the ones that are going to do this. No radio station, no TV station. The only place you're going to hear the truth is here. I'm talking our media channel and right here on this show, the National Football Show. And you know what that is? They shouldn't have quit on Wentz. Because what does that do? That would piss off the Eagles. That would piss them off. You think Angelo's going to go on the air and start barking that the Eagles made a mistake? <laughs> Absolutely not. They're going to be more in the avenue of, let's see what we need to do next. Before you can go on to doing what's next, you have to figure out what you're doing wrong. Don't you agree? Find out what you're doing wrong first. What are the Eagles doing wrong first? Well, they're drafting wrong. They're not patient. Enough. Here, here's all the fundamentals that why this team over 1,360 days why, why, why this team has fallen apart. Let's take a look at it. Write it down. I think it's simple. I think it's simple. Most important, lack of patience. Lack of patience. And just because you hear people chirping on Twitter or on Facebook or on the radio, you should never have a direction of your organization, whether it's a football team or a business, through the winds of Twitter. Twitter is the outhouse wall of social media. Shouldn't be running your team. You know, a lot of politicians like to run their campaigns through the winds of Twitter. You know how many people aren't on Twitter? You know how many people don't know what you're talking about half the time? It's the guys at the outhouse that sit there and write, John's here, and Bill's a jackass. It's those dudes. Oh, oh, yeah, that's, wow. You write that on a crap house wall. It's exactly what Twitter is. Outhouse wall of social media. And people swear that that's like your new news source. It's become it because the lamestream media has made it that way. Trump validated it, folks. You know why Twitter's where it is today? 
Trump validated it as a news source because we all went there because we wanted to see what the president of the United States was saying every morning when he got up and rolled out of bed. What's tr- I went there. I don't go there in the morning at all anymore because Trump's no longer on Twitter. It validated it. Absolute crazy. The Red says they lost a ton of money when they banned them. Oh, they, they totally did. Eric says Frank Reich left. Should show you something. Now, that's not true, Eric. I know Frank very well. Frank got the opportunity to become the head football coach at Indianapolis. And who's not going to not take that job? Remember something, too. Andrew Luck was in the building still before, you know, he even retired. And then he retired. Then he, then he retired. So, all right. We're going to take a time out here. I want to get into some other NFL news. Some Baker Mayfield news is out there. Would you guys want Russell Wilson as your quarterback in 2022? Let's hit on that next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. John Doherty, business manager of Local 98, says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. 
Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. I'm a tulip. <laughs> I'm a tulip. How are you? Hey, by the way, everyone, please do me a favor and like the show. We really appreciate everybody coming aboard with us here. We thank you, as you always do, Hour 2. We're still trying to effort our friend Lomas Brown, part of the broadcast team for the Detroit Lions. Next up for the Eagles. Yeah, that comment today by um, Nick Sirianni at the press conference, man, it just makes him look like a dope. I mean, you know, you're you're trying to build respect with your teammates first and your guys in the room. You want to build stability. You're trying to let those guys know that you can you can follow me. You know, and leaders they have a presence about themselves. Showing Kobayashi hot dog eating videos. The weird press conference. Get this. At one time, they're not big deals. But let me keep doing it. The T-shirt going into the Dallas game. Then you get embarrassed. Then the flower stuff. You just add all of this up, and it sounds like high school stuff. Gary Cobb comes on this show from Fox 29 in Philadelphia all the time going, man, I just, I don't know, man. It just doesn't look professional. <laughs> hey, Matt Hatter, man. Hey, man, I'm a, um, yeah, watch this. Here, let me let me start by this. Hey, welcome to the National Football Show. This is Tulip Cilio. And I just want you to know that we're growing this show here on the Jacob Media Channel. Hey, oh, no, I'm going to do that. Yes, hey, welcome everybody aboard, and thank you so much. You know, we're growing this national football show. It's kind of like a tulip. You know, you you plant the seed, you grow into the show, everybody else becomes part of the program. We go back and forth, and we create our own culture, and I'm learning as I go on how to treat a tulip. That's my, hey, wait, I'm going to do a, um, a T.O. You ready? That's my coach. That's my coach. Did you see him call himself a daffodil? In front of the Philadelphia media. That's my coach. I'm just getting all broken. Oh, my my coach, man, it's my coach. That's my coach. Okay, Daffodil, Sirianni. Nobody make fun of Daffodil, Sirianni. He's my coach. He's crazy good, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
Xander says I'm hurting his ears. It's sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I got I got emotional over Daffodil Sirianni. And um, yeah, I just like, you know, I understand that he's growing and you know he he's growing like a daffodil. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure that's inspiring Russell Wilson to want to go to Philly. Wait a minute. You got Daffodil Sirianni and you got Hollywood Howie. Let me think of the quarterbacks that potentially would want to come and play in Philly. Mm, that'd be none. Oh, no, wait. Let me think. You might get Sam Darnold. You, you might get Tyrod Taylor. Who else? What other stiff out there? Hey, you, who else could you get? What, what other stiff? Oh, Dwayne Haskins. But you think you're getting Aaron Rodgers or you think you're getting Russell Wilson to go play for Daffodil Sirianni and Hollywood Howie? Dude, this is really, really embarrassing. I'm going to tell you again here. I really, I, this is embarrassing. The Eagles are embarrassing themselves. Let's, hey, fuck the, fuck the record. This is embarrassing. You're embarrassing yourself. This team won a Super Bowl 1,300 plus days ago. This is embarrassing. Hey, man, I actually like Tyrod. I'm all hey, I'm okay. Incog, I'm okay, man. I, I actually like Tyrod. I think he's a really good professional. The Red says Hollywood Howie and Daffodil Suriani sounds like the most Crap wrestling tag team of all time. Dude, that's that's right, right. This in this corner over here, we got big seals. My wrestling name was Bone Crusher Cilio, by the way. I don't know if you guys know that, but my my wrestling name was Bone Crusher Cilio. Okay. And so in this corner, Bone Crusher Cilio and Big Van Vader. Oh, God rest his soul. I love Leon. What a great dude he was. Leon White, Big Van Vader, and Bone Crusher versus Hollywood Howie and Daffodil Sirianni in a steel cage match. <laughs> How do you think that's going to end? <laughs> uh, Jeremiah Butler, I appreciate it. Dude, don't let Howie near your draft board. You can't do it. You can't do it. Oh, no, you probably get Tua. You have Tua and Jalen, and that's going to beat Dak, right? Oy. Is this thing a long way from um, long way from success? Oh, and by the way, on the current projection that you're going on now, the team will be worse next year. And you're going like, wait a minute, we have three number one picks in the top ten. <laughs> yeah, but you got the same guy making the picks. Okay, and as I said in the last hour. Okay, as I said in the last hour, look at all these names. The Marcus Smiths and the Andre Dillards and the Watkins and these dudes that have been colossal bombs. That guy's making your same picks. You know what's funny? Again, you know, you know Krause Jr. said something to me. And let me throw this at you. Wouldn't it be just great? 
if they did lose the rest of the games. Let's just, let's just lose the rest of the games so we get the number one overall pick in each round. Why don't we just lose every game the rest of the way out? I'd rather really suck. And, and, and Xander was saying it kind of kiddingly, but Xander's right. There's a, there's, a, there's a way to do this. The Bills sucked, sucked. And they got all those first-round picks and built the team up. Then they hired the right coach in, Sean McDermott. Smile. Don't, don't do that, smile. Smile. Look what he's doing to me. Google images of Bone Crusher Cilio. Hey, Bone Cru- hey, smile. Bone Crusher was the junior heavyweight CWA European champion. It may have only been for 12 days, but I was the European heavyweight junior champion for 12 days, dude. I had the belt around my waist. So give me at least a little respect. Big Seals beat Rambo. And I did have the belt around my waist for 12 days at least. <laughs> oh, man. Eastside Monster, thank you. All right, let's do this here, man. Okay, I, I don't know how you're going to attract anybody. Dev, love it, man. Appreciate you coming aboard. Thank you, guys. By the way, Xander reminds me, hey, please hit the like button, guys. We really appreciate it when you do that. Thank you so much. We're still efforting our friend, Lomas Brown. Looks like Lomas stiffed me, but we'll see. We'll see if we can end up chasing him down. I know he's real busy doing stuff with the Detroit Lions. He was supposed to be on the last hour. See if we can run him down in this hour here. So we're still efforting him. Thank you so much. Ken, thank you. Yes, Bone Crusher. Hey, man, I was the champ. It was like the intercontinental belt that they had over there. Hey, one of the one of the guys, though, that I did wrestle with, I did wrestle with Road Royer um, Hawk. Mike's a great friend of mine, man. I wrestled with him. Andre the Giant came over. Yeah, we had a bunch of dudes, man. Vader was over. I wrestled a lot with Vader. Then Vader took me to Japan. Oh, my God. <laughs> Look at that guy. Look at that thing. Big Sills, 342 pounds right there. Bench pressing 605 pounds. Look at that beast. Holy cow. How you doing? <laughs> now look at me, man. I'm fat and I fall down. <laughs> no, hey, I'm fat and I fall down. Yeah, oh, my God, man. That's funny. Hey, we're going to take a brief time out because Lomas just texted me. We're going to see if we can get him on here in the next segment. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just... 
disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. John Doherty, business manager of Local 98, says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight cares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show. Your boy, Dan Cilio. Appreciate everybody coming aboard with us here. We're efforting our friend Lomas Brown, part of the broadcast team for the Detroit Lions. We thank everybody, as you always do. By the way, Xander finding the picture online of Big Sills as Bone Crusher Cilio is hilarious. Thank you very much. To my friend Xander, yes, that was funny. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right there, man. Fair enough there. By the way, let me throw this out before we get back to our topic here. Would Russell Wilson want to come and play in Philly? Would you want Russell Wilson to be your starting quarterback? Obviously, I think that's a no-brainer there, but i got to say this about Jim Harbaugh this weekend. I think Michigan State and Mel Tucker are going to knock their doors off. I think what's happened to Michigan, I think Michigan has become a finesse football team. I don't really think they're a power football team. I watched them last weekend playing. I'm not impressed with Michigan. Michigan doesn't impress me. You know, Jim Harbaugh, by the way, if I were him, okay, I would stay in college because the expectations at Michigan, quite frankly, are not very high. He's won 74% of his games. You know what's funny, too? Guys like Joe Cladd will go like this. Well, man, look, he's got the team playing great. Michigan State's a better football team. I think Jim Harbaugh should never have left the NFL. He was 44-19-1 as a head coach at San Francisco. Do you know that? Trent Balke and all those guys were destroying the team around him. There were people that were retiring all around him as well. The whole thing with Colin Kaepernick and Alex Smith was a train wreck, but Jim kept everything on its rails. 
Guy got the football team to a Super Bowl, too. I thought he was doing a hell of a job with the 49ers. But here's the deal. He now makes he now makes um, $9 million a year as the head coach at Michigan. And let me throw this at you as well. There's no pressure on him to be great there. I don't remember Bo Schembechler winning any national titles. Do you? I mean, Bo Schembechler, what he was gauged on was the 10-year war with, with Woody Hayes. Bo never won a national championship. I think the most he ever finished was one time in all those years of coaching. I think he finished second one time in like 28 years of coaching at Michigan. So it wasn't like he was like winning national titles. Okay, it wasn't. And personally, I think Michigan State is a more physical football team. I saw them up close and personal against the University of Miami. They're very good and well coached. I like this Mel Tucker coach at uh, Michigan State. He's clearly turned the Spartans around there. So I'm a big fan of that. All right, Russell Wilson potentially to the Philadelphia Eagles. This is how you get – you want you guys want Russell Wilson? Do you want Russell Wilson as your quarterback? Because concessions have to be made. You want Russell Wilson? Okay. Well, what you do in the offseason is – you go to Russell Wilson, you fire your coach immediately at the end of the year. You fire your coach at the end of the year. You go to Wilson's people and you ask him what type of coach you want. We'll get back to that. You hang into those thoughts, and I'm going to tell you something, folks. Um, one of my favorite people of all time, and he is without a question one of the greatest teammates, one of the greatest people. And my wife, by the way, Lomas, wants you to know that you're a Hall of Fame guy because anybody that plays 20 years in the National Football League or the 20 years automatically gets a Hall of Fame push and a ticket, according to her. One of our favorite people, Lomas Brown. How you doing, Lomas? I'm doing great. Tell your wife I appreciate that and give her a big hug for me, too. <laughs> Lomas, let me throw this at you here. I got to tell you something. I really love what I'm seeing with this Lions team, and I know it's hard to say that because they're 0-7, but these guys fight. They fought against the Rams. I feel really good. It's almost reminding me of Tony Dungy's run when Tony started out 0-8 and everybody's just had to believe in the process. And is that what I'm seeing here? Do I feel right when I'm saying that, that I see some really great signs happening in Detroit? You do. You really do. I think every one of these guys on the team has bought into Dan Campbell, bought into his philosophy. I think they believe in the coaching staff that he's assembled, all the ex-players that he has on this roster, coaches that he's assembled. These guys play hard. They're going to give you 60 minutes. You know, they're going to take on the Detroit mentality of being a hard-working team. And, you know, things may not go well all the time, and you're going to have hiccups in the road. But the one thing you know is they're going to keep fighting and fighting and fighting, and that's great. That's a great foundation to start with. They just got to put the pieces around that foundation to make things go. I got to say this to you, too. You know, Lomas, when you were having your greatest success in Detroit, Ron Hughes and guys like Kevin Colbert and Rick Spielman were in the personnel department. And that was really one of the factors on getting Coach Fonts all those players that would go on to an NFC championship game. So to me, is that what this year is about? Putting the structure down, 
putting what's expected of the players and what's expected of the front office. I know it starts maybe with Rick Spielman and Mrs. Ford too as well, but is that what I'm also watching? Yeah, without a doubt. I, you know, I think Brad Holmes, he has his, his uh, fingerprints all over uh, this roster. Uh, you can see Chris Spielman has his fingerprints over this roster. Um, you can just see that these guys, they just do it different, Dan. They, they, they do it with – they add analytics into it. Uh, that had never been done, at least around here, that I can recall. You know, so they they taken a different approach than that has ever been taken around here. And, you know, the, the, the sad thing is that you got to kind of clean out some of the guys that Coach Patricia and Bob Quinn, who they brought in, because they definitely don't fit this system that these guys have here. And I'm talking about Coach Campbell has. And they're going to do that. And, you know, that takes time. You know, you just can't gut the team. You have to take time and, you know, you got to try to infuse the the team with not only youth and talent, but you have to have some veteran leadership there too. So, you know, it's, it's a rebuild. It's a rebuild we're in the middle of, but I like what I see. I like kind of the blueprint that they have working, and hopefully we can just keep building upon that blueprint. Do you believe Jared Goff is the future quarterback of the Lions? That's a great question, man. I, I think he's a young guy. I think he could be. I really think he could be, man, because, it, it, Dan, if we had him solidified, you know, as a quarterback, give him a time or give him some time to still get acclimated. What people got to remember, he's just into this offense. This is a brand-new offense for him. He's in the brand-new uh, um atmosphere and environment here in Detroit. You know, it's a, it's almost like culture shock that he's going through right now. So it's going to be an adjustment period. I still think he's going through the adjustment period, not only of where he is now, but like I say, the coaching staff, the system he's running now, the teammates, you know, just all the different surroundings that go with being an NFL player. So I hope they would give him a little bit more time. And to be honest with you, I don't see anybody. I, I just saw that. That's my one of my coaches. I don't see any. <laughs> I don't see any quarterbacks that really just jump out at me. That's in the draft. That I just think we can move on from Jared. I think they probably a year or two are looking at some other quarterbacks. I just don't see anybody this draft. I know you got to run here. I got to throw this at you too. You know what was really cool about those Lions locker rooms? I'll, I'll, I'll leave the guy's name. I'll leave the guy's name at Ray, and I'll never forget my boy Jerry Ball going. Now, why would you wear that in here? And all of a sudden, these two guys start brawling right here, and I remember Lomas going like this. Let him figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Let him, there used to be this giant oh, Lions logo right in the middle of the, the locker, locker room. The locker room was something else, wasn't it, man? And you're oh, right, yeah. Jerry Ball, the governor. That's what we used to call him, man, because you could go to this dude with anything, politics, religion, whatever, and he always had the answer for you. So the governor, man. Absolutely. And, and then you'd have Spielman coming over to me and Spindler yeah. going, Look at the blood coming off my head. Oh Look at my it. Look God. at it. <laughs> and, and, and he's still the same. You know, Dan, we work out three days a week with Spindler, and he's still the same, man. He wakes up 7 o'clock in the morning dropping the F-bomb. Dropping <laughs> it. 
Thomas, I love you, brother, man. I know love you got to roll. Too, I really brother. appreciate it. Thank Absolutely, you so much. Man. man, anytime you need me, man, just reach out, all right? You got it. The legendary Lomas Brown, 20-plus years in the National Football League. That was a fun time being up in that locker room with the Lions. Oh, my God, that was a bunch of fun. Here, real quick here. So this is – hey, I had played in the World League, and I had been out of football for three years because I got meningitis. I got sick, almost died. And um, I had to go into the World League. So I kill that league, right? I go in there. The Lions go like this. We're going to take this kid. So you had to be like a property, and you had to be like owned by an NFL team to get sponsored to go to the World League. So the Lions took me. And I wore 71 in honor of Alex Karras because I knew Alex Karras very well. Just recently went in the Hall of Fame. So I, we get all the way to the World Bowl. I, I don't know. I, I must have made eighty, ninety thousand dollars $90,000 in like 12 games. It was really pretty good money, too. Then the Lions call me and they say, hey, look, we want you to come up here, man. You know, you're our property, but we want you to come. So within a matter of a week, I went from playing a 13, I think it was 14 scheduled game. Within a week, I had to go up to Detroit for training camp. They knew that I had just gone through a full season, though. They still gave me like $35,000. No, wait a minute. Hold on here. They gave me thirty-five grand, but then they also gave me ten thousand bucks um, for my expenses, and they gave me an extra. This was my extra ten grand that the Lions gave me after I played. Like so, it was like forty-five thousand bucks or something like that. So I go up there. I start every single preseason game. Every preseason game I start, killing everybody. All of a sudden, Wayne Fonts comes to me and goes, we're going to cut you. And hey, and I go like this. Hang on. I go like this, guys. I go, you're going to cut me? And I started every freaking game. There wasn't a guy in this D-line that played better. Ron Hughes and Kevin Colbert. That's how I'm friends with Kevin Colbert. They went up and they said, coach, you got to, I mean, you got to keep the kid. Uh, Lamar Leachman, who coached Lawrence Taylor and coached that great D-lines in New York, said, I want him. I want, to, I want you to keep him. So they kept me around for about a month, okay? And I wasn't active, but they kept me around for a month. Then they activated me for three games. So, and I got the year credit, but they kept this guy, Lawrence Pete, and he ended up sucking. So years later, get this. You'll love this. Years later, we're at an, um, an NFL alumni get-together for the Buccaneers. Who sits next to me? Wayne Fonts. And there's my wife. My wife was my girlfriend at the time. Kim and she looked, he looks over at Kim and goes, One of the biggest mistakes I ever made when I was the coach of the Lions was not keeping Dan. He is a great football player. My wife looked over at me and she went, Fuck him. <laughs> I, I, no, actually, I went like this. Isn't that nice of him? She goes, Fuck him. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Ken, he's such a good dude. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm going to take a time out. We'll come back. We'll talk more about, listen, how to get Russell Wilson to Philadelphia. 
We'll do that next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. John Doherty, business manager of Local 98, says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Love the music. Welcome back to the National Football Show, your boy, Big Sills. <laughs> I told Xander, no music, I'm going to start singing. The next time that goes on like that, I'm going to start singing. All good here, everybody. Welcome aboard with us. Lomas heard the story, too. He said that, Xander said that Lomas listened to the whole story in the previous block here, that um, what I said that, oh, the whole thing was a train wreck, man, because there's no question I should have started right behind or I should have played with uh, Jerry Ball for all those years up there, man. But oh my God, my wife got him uh, in the in the in the suite, and she was like, "F this guy, man! <laughs> and who cares, man? I don't give a rat's ass about this guy." Hey, real quick, 
Before we get back on the Russell Wilson here, by the way, let me read some of our guys here. Matt Hatter, how he isn't going anywhere. He is Jeff's right-hand man and has three first-rounders next year. The Matt Hatter, I hate to tell you this, dude. You're going to be in the same purgatory that you're in now. East Camden for life says, hey, Jeffrey, Laura is not going to sell the team. He's not going to. He needs to. Why would he? He's having too much fun as the owner of the Eagles. You see, fun to him is trying to know this about the owner of the Eagles or any owner in the league. It's the game they're in. This is what these guys do as professional billionaires. This is the game to them. Okay? This is the game. They enjoy the game. It's not almost even about winning championships. It's just about being in it. Starter says this. Starter Minshew says, I'm sure Russell Wilson isn't happy in Seattle. By the way, you know, this is the best thing that ever happened to potential other landing spots that maybe could get Russell Wilson. You know why? Because now Russell Wilson looks at the football team and sees what they don't have and where they're not going. That's a four-win football team without him. They didn't have any draft picks this year and don't think they have any next. That's right. I think it's over the Adams trade. They tried to keep it rolling and failed. Yeah, you know why it failed, starter? It failed because they had to start paying the quarterback. Okay? Jeffrey prints money with his team. Here, that's a great point. You know why the red – here, I'm going to give you guys a lesson in NFL economics. Do you know every NFL team makes the same money? Whether you're 15-0 and 0 or 0-15. Now, obviously, attendance, jersey sales, but you guys all split. It's profit sharing. The only teams that don't split the money are the Raiders and, I believe, the Dallas Cowboys. So do you know this? If Jeffrey and the Eagles win five games this year, five games, Say the Buccaneers win 13 games and win the Super Bowl. You think the Buccaneers make more money than the Eagles? They could stroke the check for $175 million every turn of the year. Do you understand that? That's the television money. Do you know that every year the NFL's value of the team goes up 15%? Why in his right mind would he sell that team? The Spanos has bought the team the Chargers, and they bought it from Gene Klein. Do you know how much they bought the Chargers for? $53 million. Do you know what the team is worth today? This was like in the mid-80s. Do you know what the team is worth today? Three, $3.5 billion. Here's another one better for you. Do you know the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones, bought the Dallas Cowboys for $150 million? The team's worth $6 billion today. That was in 1989 when he bought the team. You know who said he overpaid for it? Donald Trump. Donald Trump said that Jerry Jones overpaid for the Cowboys. And now the team's worth $6 billion. The owners all make the same money because they all have profit sharing. The television deals. The merchandise deals. Advertising, all of that, the NFL Network, Thursday Night Football. 
Why do you think they ripped up that CBA? Because Gene Upshaw had cut a really great deal for the players. Now it's 52%, 48, I think. I think it's 52 profit sharing on the players, 52, 48. Owners were not going to tolerate that. Why would the players have more money in the economics of the game than the people actually putting the money up for it? That's what Jerry's thoughts were. Why should they make money? We're the one putting the gamble in. Oh, and Lou, let me throw this at you. So people that show up to Lincoln Financial every Sunday, are you guys under the impression that when, when you don't when, – hey, and know this. We've, we've had some people say boycott the Eagles this year. Doesn't matter if there's one ass in the seats or no asses. 90% excuse me, 97% of the operating budget for the Philadelphia Eagles comes out of the TV deals. 97%, you heard me right, 97% of the NFL's operating budget money comes out of TV. Not losing money, dude. That's, what, that's that pandemic thing. You know how they were saying that the NFL lost money during the pandemic? No, they didn't. They lost local revenue money. That's for sure. Local businesses weren't able to invest with billboards in the stadium. Local shows like this one or national shows also like this one. They weren't spending any money because of the pandemic. That's true. But isn't it funny that during the Super Bowl, they were still charging $7 million for every 30-second spot? That's right. The Red boycotting the Eagles or any team that sucks will do nothing. They'll still get their checks in January from the networks. I always hear people do that. Let's boycott because of Colin Kaepernick. Why would they do that? Who cares? The NFL doesn't care. They want you watching the Red Zone channel now. Why would they want you watching the Red Zone channel and watch you there in front of the Red Zone channel more so than being at Lincoln Financial. Why would they want that? Gambling is now legal. Prop bets. They want you betting. That's why fantasy football and you see other people making massive investments in it. Because gambling is now legal. You're going to see pretty soon sports books at Lincoln Financial. Hell, they're talking about doing that at Wrigley Field already. King Dave says, and please draft and invest in the defense. My God. Absolutely. Dave, you want to hear a stat? I said this in the last hour. Okay? I said this in the last hour. You know the last time the Eagles have drafted a pro bowler that wasn't a first-round pick was 16 years ago. 16 years ago. Okay, what was his name, Trent Cook or something like that? 16 years ago. Crazy, crazy. And then these picks that the general manager took, Marcus Smith, Danny Watkins, Andre Dillard, Jalen Rieger. I mean, God, it goes on and on with all these. Trent Cole, thank you. 16 years ago, Trent Cole was the last time they drafted a non-first-round defensive player. 16 years ago. So what, what happens after round one? They, they, they light the draft on fire? 
Think of that, Dave. Jimmy Johnson built his football team. You know where they found Larry Allen? Back a couple of years back, they used to have 12 rounds in the draft. Okay? Back years ago, they found Larry Allen, the greatest old lineman in NFL history in the 12th round at a humble state. 12th round. Jimmy goes, this guy's great. King Day says, do you guys really think Howie is going to leave any? No. Trent Cole, Paul, it was. It was. Kent says, I wanted the kid from Penn State last year. Well, you got another chance at that this year. This kid Thibodeau from Oregon looks like he could be that guy as well. Looks like he could be that too. Okay? Let me say this to you now, man. How do you get Russell Wilson in the room? How do you get him to want to come and play in Philadelphia? Here's what I would do. I would fire the head coach immediately after the year. The only way you're going to attract, and by the way, these guys coming out, the kid from Pitt, okay, but they really don't look like anything. Okay? They really don't look like anything. Okay? Matthew says, I wanted either either um, Kyler Hamilton or Derek Stingley. Instead, they take a perimeter guy. But, but hey, Matthew, instead they take a perimeter guy knowing full well they don't have a quarterback or a running game. You see... Those are people that don't get the draft. Here's how you draft. Watch this. If I'm going to take, if I'm, here's how the Steelers did it and how, how the Steelers have always done it. And really the good organizations. When I'm going to no, look like I'm going to take a quarterback in the draft, you know what I'm doing? I am setting that draft up because I'm going to target a guy or a couple players in the draft at that position. So what do I do in the previous drafts leading up to that? I start building my O-line and a running game. You have to build that. And, and God forbid you can't have this dynamic. you got a training wheels head coach and a training wheels offensive coordinator who is the head coach and a training wheels co- co- um, quarterback. Okay, so the whole thing is, is in training. At the NFL level, the whole thing on the offensive side is in. Then you have a training wheels defensive coordinator on the other side, and the players are questioning what's going on on the offensive side because they're seeing what's going on on the defensive side. My opinion right now, one more loss, one more big loss, like especially if you lose this week here. If the Eagles lose to the Lions this week, Nick Sirianni will lose his team. And he'll he will lose his um, locker room. Hey, you want to quote Xander? Here it is. If Sirianni loses this week, he loses the football team against Detroit. Am I wrong? Defensive guys are already questioning Jonathan Gannon. We're already seeing the chaotic approach on offense. Don't you think the defensive guys are seeing that too? 
They're going like this. Dude, it's a shit show over there. It's clearly a shit show here. And the guy that stands up as the leader is Fletcher Cox. Because Fletcher Cox is going like this. No. I think it's more your scheme, dude. Why wouldn't it be? Mike Nolan found that out last year in Dallas. How could Dallas be that good all of a sudden? Well, they changed their schematics up. They brought Dan Quinn in. Play fast. Dummied up the, uh, and, and not that the players are dumb, but they dummied up the approach. Jesus, criminy, man. Can't be that hard to see. Mateus, hey, Dan, fan from Brazil here. Great show, man. We need some down. Hey, you guys do need linebackers, man, especially guys that can cover linebackers on the slot. Absolutely. Ken, I got more respect for Fletcher Cox this year than I ever have. Because he had the onions to stand up and go, no, not necessarily the truth. By the way, East Candom, I'm going to say this. I fucking love your city. Okay? I love your city, dude. So this is how you get guys like Wilson and maybe Aaron Rodgers to lift his head up and look at Philadelphia. Or maybe even if they don't trade. I'll, I'll have some comments on Deshaun Watson here in a minute, too. But, but here. Sean Watson's not coming to Philly as long as Howie Roseman's in the building. I told you this in the last hour. Brandon Staley turned down two interviews to interview for the Eagle head coaching job because general manager's too much in the way. Brandon Staley, who's a nobody, and now it looks like he's a pretty damn good coach. He kind of gets it. I really like the way he's running that team. Okay? I do. By the way, guys, please do me a favor. Don't forget to like the show. I really appreciate that. It helps me out a lot. You guys are great. But here's what I would do, man. I'd fire everybody. Fire everybody. I'm talking to every coach in the building, every general manager in the building, everybody. I, but, but here, King, follow me here. Okay? Follow me here. I fire everybody. Then I call Russell Wilson's people up. And I say this. If I'm the owner of the Eagles... Clinton says Larry could care less about winning, man. It's all about money to him. Sure acts like it. Looks. Hey, by the way, I hate, boy, man. I, I I hate to actually say this to you guys, dude, man. That was just a whole bunch of luck. The genie fell out of the bottle. You guys won a Super Bowl. I I, I it's what it looks like to me. I mean, they won that Super Bowl in spite of your owner and GM. That's a damn shame. Because you know why? You know why that's a fact? They weren't able to maintain it. Great organizations like the Steelers maintain it. Patriots maintain it. Why do you think the Falcons can't maintain it? They're not a very good organization. They think they are, but they couldn't maintain it. You know, everybody always says, well, you have one year for our Super Bowl window. Well, how come some teams can maintain that great success? It may not be winning the Super Bowl every year, but they maintain some, some resemblance of being a championship caliber team. Okay, you know, you could say all you want about Green Bay, how they haven't really achieved enough Super Bowls, but they're competitive every year. They keep the thing on the rails every year, don't they? I mean, and, and look, the last 30 years, it's been pretty easy with Favre and Aaron Rodgers. But consistency, man, I mean, look at the Eagles. They couldn't maintain it because they're not good people in the front office. And I don't mean good people. I don't know these guys from a can of paint. I don't mean that that way. 
I'm talking about good football people. Good football people keep it going and keep it on the rails. You know, you don't lose patience. Maybe there is a year, but you don't sit there and implode on yourself. Fire coaches, get rid of first-round draft choices. Hey, and, and one thing, they were so convinced in their own egos that Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz were the fault that they didn't even think twice about really questioning that decision, whether or not to get rid of those two. They did it because they wanted to protect their own legacies. It was more important for them to maintain their legacy of 17 than it was to, to keep the consistency of the football team together. Antron, smart football people. That's right, dude. Peterson went to the playoffs three years in a row. I would make the argument to you that Doug Peterson had the greatest era of football in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles. Some would say, no, it's Andy Reid or it's Dick Vermeil. I wouldn't say that. You guys had multiple division championships, won an NFC title and a Super Bowl under the Doug Peterson era. You don't have a better era unless you go back pre-1960. Then you can start talking about Eagles and those great teams in the 50s and the 60s and 40s and stuff like that and such. There were good teams back. They were really good teams with Ben and Eric leading them. Even Jerkinson's teams were good. Okay? But there was a consistency because they had a quarterback in the room too at the time. But great teams have really great front offices. I'll tell you something that the Rams are doing that is really remarkable. I don't know what they print their money on. But Les Snead and Kevin Demoff, who run the – the Rams, and now with Sean McVay, too, as their coach, that's a pretty good threesome that's in that Rams organization because they're consistently winning. McVay's been a really good coach. Les Snead and Kevin Demoff, their front office guys, have done a nice job in Los Angeles. Moved off the guy who won an NFC title in Jared Goff, who you're going to face this weekend in Philly, or in Detroit, I should say. Moved off of him and moved to Stafford. Hey, I give Andy Reid this. He did keep the consistency up with Joe Banner, didn't he? Then all of a sudden, Andy wanted more personnel responsibility. And what happened? It imploded like it is now in Kansas City. Yeah, but here, Andy's worst, most coaches' worst Achilles in their approach to running a team is they think they're personnel directors. Think of this for a second if you're a head coach in the NFL. Why would you even want the control of the personnel? Now, I want control of who I need. But you don't watch this college, you don't watch college football on Saturday. You're preparing your team for a Sunday game. You're not sitting around all week long watching college or watching game film on any college kids. The most you do is three or four months worth of film work watching someone. And in that three months, you think you can really make an assessment of a kid? When personnel people watch that kid every day, put game film together, go watch him play live, interview him at the combines, I don't want my head coach to have personnel decision. I want him to have say on who he wants, okay? I want him to have say, but I want my personnel guy to do this, coach. 
here are the three best players at the three positions of need on our team. What's the biggest need that you want? That's right. Antron Egos. Which guy do you need? Which guy do you want to go with first? Instead, in Philly, you got Howie going. We're taking Devontae Smith because it'll make the fans feel good because we drafted a Heisman Trophy guy. And we got here. You know why I think they drafted Devontae Smith? I think they drafted Devontae Smith because they got rid of Carson Wentz. And it was a Band-Aid over a bad scene. He's not being used right now. You can't get him the ball. So what'd you draft him for? You drafted him for smokescreen. You can't even get him this ball on screens. I mean, right? You can't. You can't even get him the football. Lou D says he was trying to make up for the Rieger trade. <laughs> okay, that could be part of it too, Lou. Lou, that could be part of it. But to me, you know, they, they had to get a guy who was going to go like this. Look who we drafted, man. We drafted a kid off the national champion, Alabama Crimson Tide team, and he won the Heisman. Okay? That wasn't a place of need. That was not a place of need, wide receiver. I know you guys said that last year, but you know who convinces me that every year you don't need that? Amendola, Edelman, Deion Branch, Troy Brown. You needed linebackers. You needed corners. You needed to find guys like that. A running back. Maybe another old lineman. Okay? Something like that. If you knew you were moving off of Wentz, or excuse me, Ertz, maybe another tight end. Multiple tight end sets is becoming fashionable today in the NFL. Okay? These big-name guys, man, like Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins have had no impact. Odell Beckham have had no impact on teams winning Super Bowls. You know Tom Brady's football team? This Buccaneer team is the most gifted team that he's ever won a Super Bowl with. All those years in New England. Name me one Hall of Fame wide receiver he played with. Not name Gronkowski. Name me one that he won a Super Bowl with. You can't. Brady never won a Super Bowl with a Hall of Fame quarterback. Okay? Or with a Hall of Fame wide receiver, I should say. He never did. There were all these other dudes, Chris Hogan's and guys like that. Remember, Randy Moss didn't win a Super Bowl. They went undefeated and got upset by the Giants in that Super Bowl. They didn't win one that year. And it was some of Brady's most productive seasons. And it still didn't produce a Super Bowl. So when people keep telling me about, let's go after Devont, the wrong Bama guys on the team. I wanted the running back for the Eagles. Najee Harris, that's what they needed. They needed that guy. They needed a linebacker in the second. They needed a corner. Do players today, if you're, if you're missing on the first three rounds, Tom Brady's a sixth rounder. It's not where you're drafted. It's what you do when you get drafted. How many times have we seen that? But see, with Howie, 
It's where you get drafted that matters. If you're a first-round draft choice, you're going to get all kinds of opportunities. Like I said, that Jalen Rager guy, he sucks. He should not be on an NFL roster. Okay? He should not be on a roster. He never comes back to the ball. He doesn't fight for it. He doesn't work. You talk about the Ben Simmons of effort, it's on the Eagles and Jalen Rager. Okay? That's who he is. He's the Ben Simmons effort dude. All right, guys, do me a favor, please. Hit the like button for us, man. We really appreciate it. I love all you guys, especially all the new guys coming in, man. You guys have been exceptional. Incogno, man, we appreciate it. Antron, you guys are just being really absolutely great today. We really appreciate it. Don't forget, tomorrow, 4 to 6. Hey, if you didn't see all of the show, do me a favor. Go back and watch it. Share it. We love you so much, man. Thank you again. Hit that like button on the way out. We'll catch you tomorrow going 4 to 6. Thursday night football should be a pretty good one. I think it's Packers and Cardinals. We'll see you tomorrow, 4 to 6 Eastern, and we'll see you on the flip side. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.